Welcome to Don't Tell Baba, the conversational podcast with Middle Eastern flair. My name is Shireen and my co-host is Noor. And today we're going to be talking about music. One of my favorite things to talk about, honestly. Yes, actually. Like, I know you have loved music for as long as I've known you. Music is like one of the most important art forms uh, for human happiness, I feel. That's a really, that's a like really big thing to say. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure on music, dude. Music can handle it. Music got this. Music got this. I'm going to ask you a question though, so that um, we can get some background. Are you like personally musically inclined at all? No, I am horrible at every musical endeavor I attempt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, no. actually that's a lie honestly that's that's a lie I uh my mom put me in piano classes when I was a little kid because mm-hmm. Arab moms again oh yeah for sure um so I was in piano and I used to hide from my piano teacher behind the curtains in the salon where the piano was in our house mm-hmm. and <laughs> my mom would be so mad she's like I'm paying for this woman to come here and I'm like okay but like I'm hiding from her, so maybe don't pay for her to come here because I don't want to do this. Yep. Funnily enough, though, I did do a recital and I did very well at my recital. I made no mistakes. Hmm. And then I tried to pick up the piano again uh, three years ago. I downloaded an app on my phone called Musician, mm-hmm. and I actually learned how to play House of the Rising Sun. Um, Like I was I was playing it and I was playing it well, but it took me three days to learn how to play it. And I was very upset by how slowly it went. (laughs) Um, So I quit again, because if I'm not immediately the most talented person in the room, why would I even try? (laughs) That is the most millennial shit I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) I'm a millennial. You sure what are. What about you, too? What about I, you? You know what? I think I am musically inclined. I remember I also took piano lessons, hashtag our parents. Um, <laughs> but I remember one of the piano teacher telling my mother that I had no music in my soul, which I just want to say. Yeah, which I just want to say is like <laughs> false. Like it's 100% wrong. Um, and rude as hell. Dude, she was super rude. I was terrified of her. And I think any teacher who kind of like strikes terror into a child's heart is a shitty teacher. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but I am the kind of person who doesn't quit. So I am now an intermediate level pianist. So I took exams through the Royal Board of Music. So That's amazing. He's like half dead old white men would travel to Abu Dhabi to heavily criticize my ability to sight read and play scales and play classical pieces. And it was very incredibly like deeply stressful. And it was one of those things where I was just like, can this just be a hobby? But you know, you know Arabs, they're like, what's that? <laughs> no. What's, what is a hobby? Binti. Anyway. So Oh, I actually, this is funny. I was thinking about this yesterday while I was journaling, and I wrote something along the lines of, a hobby is work that you do for no money. (laughs) Literally. But, like, (laughs) because, like, I did love the sound of the piano. 
and I love the story mm-hmm. that you can tell with music, but I just hated being trapped in these rooms with, for three hours with these, like, again, decomposing white British <laughs> men. Um, it was just, like, so stressful for me. I didn't have the confidence that I do now as a person. So it was that much more stressful because I felt like they were judging me, like, just the way I looked, the way I spoke, just, you know, anything, right? Including the music, <laughs> they were. Um, one of them, one of them was once telling me that about his like, like wife's recipe for stuffed peppers, and I'm like, damn, you white <laughs> people really live like this, do you? I was like, my man, go get, go get you some shawarma. This is why you're dying, anyway. Um, decomposing. <laughs> so good dude that sounds god awful oh my god why did you why did you stick with it um yeah my parents wanted me to which is a big theme in my life i think people probably know that now after the career episodes um is that you know my parents wanted me to and as much as i fought i could never kind of like win the battle i guess um i eventually gave uh, up hmm you didn't try hiding behind the curtain as a method? No. So um, I eventually did stop piano. So the Royal Board, um, you start at grade one, quote unquote, and the most advanced grade is grade eight. And so if you were to judge me by Royal Board standards, I'm at a fifth grade level, which is pretty advanced. Yeah, that's um, amazing. But And I still know how to play the piano. It's just that I kind of wish I had gone into it with more love in my heart and less fear and hatred for myself. Um, and maybe music in your soul. And maybe music in my soul, which, <laughs> which I had kept leaving at home by accident. Um, Damn it. I can't tell you how many times I came home from piano lessons and just cried. That's so Aww. much crying. And that's no way to... That's 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 no way to like do a creative endeavor. I think like math is allowed really to make not. me cry, right? Creative things are not allowed to make me cry. And um, but then beyond that, as far as being musical goes, when I was maybe like seventeen, I started taking singing lessons. So I have Beautiful. like four years of musical theater training under my belt. So it turns out in the end, I do have a little bit of music in my soul, just not. The kind that my piano teacher wanted from me, I guess. I mean, if you were doing it through, like, the royal board of whatever pretentious decomposing shit. Right. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can see why it wouldn't be fun. I, I Is anything ever fun when there's an exam at the end of it? No, like, no. And it. I think that was the problem. It's that it was an exam and I knew other people who played the piano and just did it for the sheer joy of, you know, pulling music out of those keys. And I wasn't doing that. I was sitting there being like, if I don't know how to play this fucking Mozart by tomorrow, my teacher's going to beat the living shit out of me, right? Jeez. Yeah. Nightmare. It, It was it was a nightmare. And the funny thing was, was that in between exams, we had break periods. So um, which was great. You would basically spend like six months prepping for an exam. You maybe had a two month period where you were chilling in between the next six months you would spend prepping for exams. Were you still playing every day in that two month gap? 
Yeah, so I would still go to lessons, but here was the thing. I would get to choose what I wanted to play, and it would be sheerly for fun. And it was only in those moments I would be called a good pianist because it was coming from the heart. It was something I actually wanted to play. Um, And that wasn't enough of a point to make as to why I should stop with these stupid royal board exams. So I did stick to them. I did those exams. I did musical theory exams. Um one exam after another. You know, Arabs, we love a good exam. And the British just had to come in and be like, oh, we have an exam for you. Why don't I tell you about my wife's stuffed peppers? And I was like, what the fuck is a stuffed pepper? <laughs> it just, it all sounds, I, I can't help but imagine a British boarding school as you talk about these piano exams. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's probably like you can imagine this like white ass dude with like white hair, a fucking bow tie, whatever these <laughs> decomposing <laughs> men look like, and you're standing there as a very young Arab girl who has um, been taught not to trust men at all, ever, <laughs> least of all these random Never. British white men. And I'm just like, oh boy, we're in a room together for three hours now, aren't we? And their names are always like fucking like Bertram or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my god so it's, it's a very wild experience I will say I like to sing more than I like to play the piano even though I can do both um, mm-hmm. beautifully singing, thank you singing is a lot more portable and fun and as for someone who likes words because I do like words um, mm-hmm. it's just like a nicer nicer way of expressing myself I think I agree and you are an incredible singer and everybody should know that and my phone just buzzed. I'm so sorry about that. That's okay. It was words with friends telling me that I'm about to forfeit a game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep this in so that everybody knows that you play words with friends. <laughs> I play words with friends. I am completely shameless. I play words with friends and I play Gardenscapes. And I nickname Gardenscapes Stupid Game. So when I need like a half hour to just sit, I'll be like, Mike, I'm going to go play stupid game. And he knows exactly what I'm talking about. And he wishes me good luck with my garden. <laughs> like, that's, that's amazing. Like, I'm genuinely not going to cut this out because you just exposed yourself to the audience. And I like it. <laughs> so that we're on equal oh, ground. No. So that we're on equal ground. <laughs> because I think last episode, I talked about cravats a little too much. Now that I'm thinking about I was it. into it. You I were into down. it. But I, listening back, I was like, God damn it, Shereen. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> I have not changed uh, in that time, but no, no. So, yeah. So I guess both of us, like, I guess we, our parents attempted to make us musical, I guess. But I don't think playing music or singing makes you musical. I think just having the ability to appreciate and love music makes you pretty darn musical. I tend to agree with that. But at the same time, I mean, I don't care if I'm considered musical or not. I like to consume content. And one of my favorite forms of content to consume is music. And I do not care what that says about me. It is just a fact. And we are here to talk about all of the things that we love so much about music. Yeah. So why don't you tell us what your favorite genre of music is so anyway also even though i know how to do all these musical things i don't know much about modern music so please exercise patience with me Mm, uh, well i mean 
it's not me who needs to exercise patience with you. It's not exactly like I'm caught up on the latest musical trends for oh, the most good. part. Okay, so this is a podcast where two grandmas talk about <laughs> fucking Mozart is the last recent thing we heard. So no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Shireen, do you remember those young men? I think they were called the... It was a bug of some kind. The Beatles? <laughs> yep. So this is a circa 1970s podcast, unfortunately. The, the 1970s had podcasts? Get out. <laughs> uh, it was called Radio Thanks. Okay. Can I have a radio show? Oh, I'm putting it fun. out into the world. <laughs> she wants a radio show, everyone. Don't tell Bob I should and- be put on the airwaves. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, okay, so I do keep up with some music. Um, most of the music I enjoy is from between the 60s and the 80s. Mm. I like classic rock. I like indie rock. I like punk rock. I like metal. I like emo rock. I like... Mostly that. I enjoy rap sometimes. I enjoy rap sometimes. Um, Hip-hop is not my favorite genre, and I, for the most part, cannot stand R&B. I can't Mm. get into it. Why? I don't know. It's... I... It doesn't excite me, I think, in the way that most other genres of music excite me. And I find that the repetitiveness of the verses and the chorus uh, are a little bit boring. Okay. I mean, the thing is, like, there's there's really no such thing as having, like, good taste in music, I think. Because it's, like, obviously triggering such unique things in each of our brains mm-hmm. that, like, whatever you like, like, that's that's what's right for you. Oh, 100%. You know? I agree. Do you want to um, So what's your taste in music? Huh, I don't well, Okay, here's the thing. As far as like current modern music, I like Florence and the Machine, and that's pretty I much it. I love Florence and the Machine. Yeah, I love Florence. Live and die for her. I love her poetry, love her style, love everything about her. She's kind of like existing in this world as like a druid who doesn't understand human emotions, and I really vibe with that. Um, yes, I love it. Yeah, 100%. I too want to live in the forest and not uh, interact with humanity. So I really vibe with that. But that's pretty much it. Like, I don't tend to follow people. Like, I don't tend to be like, oh my God, a new album's out. Because again, the last album that I bought was Florence's latest album. When was that? Mm, maybe it's like a year or two old now. Highest Hope so came 2017, out. 2017, 18? Something like that. So that, and you know, I saw, I, I went to Florence's Highest Hope tour concert. Like, I love Beautiful. her. She's a badass. She's an amazing performer. Queen. Mm-hmm, right? I agree. Agreed. Other than that, I don't really, I don't really follow anybody. I'm not, I'm the kind of person that I feel like a lot of people listen to music when they do things. You know, like music is on the background. They do things. And I don't do that because my whole life I have had to work in dead silence to be able to focus because I get distracted. 
Um, I'm not like easily distracted, but if I have, I can't listen to music and write. I can't listen to music and um, study. I can't do that. Well, no. No, obviously. But what about like while doing dishes or while doing laundry or while folding clothes? Yeah. So here's the thing. I could be listening to music when I do those things, but I always find myself either listening to podcasts or watching YouTube videos or watching TV shows. It seems like music is always my last choice. If that makes sense. Um, Because I I don't know. I don't know what it is. I guess it's because I never built that habit up of listening to music, you know. Mm. Um, For the most part, you know, I'm listening to – for the most part, I'm listening to people talk. I just love to listen to people talk. Um, As far as other music goes, I'm a sucker for a good soundtrack. That is the truth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I love love the cohesiveness of how a soundtrack – tells a story i guess um and of course ride or die for musicals i didn't get i I didn't get like trained in musical theater singing for like nothing i would (laughs) i die for musicals i would say that that's probably my favorite quote-unquote genre of music because again tells a story from beginning to end usually it's incredibly emotional i Mm -hmm. i can't sing along to like pop and stuff because that's not the way my voice has been trained and for the most part i like listening to things that i can sing along to that really restricts Me me yeah that kind of restricts me to like uh, one or two genres based on like my vocal range and what I like to listen to. So I would say my favorite thing to listen to are musicals. And I have so many musicals that I love. I still think that's music and it counts. So of course. Uh, and I love instrumentals. That's that's the pianist in me who loves a good instrumental. So let me let me kind of cover each bass and tell you my favorite um, kind of musician or genre or album or soundtrack to each of the things that you've mentioned. Yeah. So for musicals, I also love and enjoy musicals very much. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I do not find myself attending the theater (laughs) as I would like to, but that's mostly because I live in the buttfuck of nothing and nowhere. That's true. Also, Um, theater is deeply inaccessible. It's so expensive. It's very inaccessible. I hate it because theater is supposed to be for the masses, but it's definitely not. It has become a pretentious um, kind of Mm -hmm. hobby, and it's very much like for a certain group of people who can afford it, and I'm not about that at all. Yeah. So I – like, obviously, we have student theater and stuff around Ryerson and the University of Mm -hmm. Toronto – um, downtown, and those are sometimes affordable. I actually recently went to see a absolutely stunning play. I went with my parents and with Mike, and it was called City by the Sea, mm. and it was just absolutely gorgeous. Not a musical, so not on topic for today, but, so. but that's the most recent thing I went to see, and that was affordable, and mm-hmm. it was gorgeous and incredible. So when I can and the opportunity presents itself, I like to, but I don't do it frequently and it's not something I actively seek out at this point in my life. However, my favorite musical album of all time is the soundtrack to Sweeney Todd, the movie. It's, I'm okay, it's because Sweeney Todd fucking slaps. Like, (laughs) I choked. It does fucking slap. 
Sweeney Todd is one of those musicals to me that actually, um, because like the actors in the movie are not what I would consider trained singers. And the huge downside to being trained in singing is that I can hear when actors don't know how to sing. And it ruins, really? it ruins 90% of theater going experiences. <laughs> like, I mean, movie theater going experiences. On stage, they're usually professionals, right? Okay. Um, okay. Yes. So how do you feel about the Sweeney Todd soundtrack? So the, my thing with Sweeney Todd and the reason it's it's the reason it's okay for me and it's in the green is because I don't think Sweeney Todd needs to be sung well. I think it's a gritty musical. Mm-hmm. I think it I think it lends itself to a different style of singing, you know? I agree. Um and so I think that's why it works. I think that's why the movie worked uh and is like mm-hmm. really one of the most painless ones for me to watch to be honest. So can we just say that I'm very, very aware that Johnny Depp is a problematic piece of shit and we're not oh, supporting yeah. him anymore. No, no, no. But I mean, super guilty pleasure. I love his acting style. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fine. I mean, this is a whole conversation about separating uh, art from artist. Of course. And and the fact is Sweeney Todd is not, you know, it didn't originate with a movie. It's it was a musical for the longest time. Um mm-hmm. and that's truly what we're enjoying uh, at the end of it's the true. day. It's true. Yeah. It's the content. Mhm. So yeah. Sweeney Todd is my absolute favorite soundtrack of all time. My favorite song on the soundtrack is Epiphany. Oh my it God. doesn't matter, right? I know as you right? were saying it, I was like, mm, Epiphany, that's the good shit. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, <the> shit. <laughs> yes. So, Epiphany, and then my second favorite is By the Sea or oh By the Seaside. Oh, my God. By the Sea, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like how utterly ludicrous it is mm-hmm. to have this song in the middle of the darkest imaginable soundtrack. Yeah. And that that surprise of it and that that kind of entry into the character of Mrs. Lovett, that entry point into her psyche and her mind separate from Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. Just, it's it's shocking. It's the happiest song on the soundtrack and it comes yeah. as an absolute shock. And I love being shocked by my music and by my content. Yeah. It is separate from everything else on the soundtrack. It offers insight into a character who you want more insight on. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, people, if you haven't watched Sweeney Todd, go watch Sweeney Todd, unless you don't like blood, in which case, don't watch Sweeney Todd. I will say for those of you who don't like blood, the it's a very classic horror type of blood in Sweeney Todd where you know it's not real. It's not like uh, realistically gory. If you are able to, you can go see Sweeney Todd on the stage. I saw it on the West End in London in 2012. Um, How was it? It was amazing. You know who played Mrs. Lovett? Um, The actress who plays Professor Umbridge in the Harry Potter movies. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. And she killed it, actually. Really? She's very versatile. She's not stuck to Umbridge, but... um, I can't imagine her as anything but Umbridge. She killed it. I mean, that, that's what makes a good actress, right? She convinces you that she's Umbridge and nothing else. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, but it's it's an amazing, such an amazing musical. It's so, like, haunting and creepy and gritty. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, like, I am more of a fan of gritty, haunting, creepy, and also sad musicals than I am happy ones. So <laughs> Sweeney's Hot is right up my alley. 
Yes, yes, 100%. I completely agree. Um, in terms of classical music, you've mentioned Mozart several times. Mm-hmm. My favorite composition of all time from the limited compositions that I have heard mm-hmm. are um, Fur Elise, mm. Beethoven, is my favorite composition. But my favorite composer is Vivaldi. And when Mike and I, yeah, when Mike and I were in Italy, there was a Vivaldi tribute concert that we went to go see. Amazing. And it was outstanding. And the violinist was wearing a full-length black velvet dress. And I was enamored, enamored, enamored by her. Just fantastic. That's amazing. Yes. So Vivaldi is my favorite composer. Obviously, it's the Four Seasons because I'm a basic bitch. Duh. I know. They're good. They're good. And then my favorite on of the Four Seasons is Winter. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. Very good. Right. So that's that covers musical theater and classical for me. Do you want to jump in with musical theater and classical? Oh, sure. I'm like the musical theater expert. Actually, please maintain a top five list of musicals at all times just to keep myself uh, informed my favorite musical of all time was one that never made it to broadway rest in peace um but it is the stage production they did of the hunchback of notre dame that i saw at the la jolla playhouse in 2014 um the studio album is available though and it's so good so good. Oh, I heard it. I heard it in your car. Yes. It's like the movie, but on crack. Yes, it's so good. And I saw it live and I was sobbing. Like my mom was just handing me tissues with like exasperation because <laughs> she's just like, I knew this would happen. Uh, like the woman next to me was going to beat the ever-loving shit out of me because she's like, why is this, why is this child hiccuping next to me? And I was just like, I love this so much. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, amazing. That's my favorite Disney movie, by the way, and my favorite Disney soundtrack. Yes. So um, that that one is my favorite. My second favorite musical is Les Miserables because I like a sad musical. (laughs) Um, I haven't seen or heard it. I know. I'm sorry. I will catch up. I promise. That's okay. Les Miserables is um, a very heavy musical. It's not fun but i hence the avoidance you know what though i always feel very cleansed by les miserables because a lot of the themes in it are um finding peace uh and finding yourself through god in this case which is fine i don't mind religious themes in my content Mm -hmm. in fact i encourage Mm -hmm. religious themes because i think they're super interesting um Mm -hmm. And if you're interested in history, it takes place during the 1823 Student Rebellion in France. So there is a yeah. lot of revolutionary flavor to it. That's and right like up that. my alley. That it, it's, I think you would really like it. But I would also say you should allow me to tell you how to consume Les Miserables. Because if you're not watching it live, the 2012 movie tells the story. But the singing... But not well okay again this is like a shireen thing maybe but the singing is so horrifically bad um they cast russell crowe as uh inspector javert who is one of the antagonists and russell crowe can't sing and javert has some of the heaviest hitting 
songs in the musical. So why um, do you think they hired Russell Crowe? For name recognition, because a lot of the minor characters, they cast actual Broadway actors. And it's a little disrespectful how little screen time they get, given that they're the only ones who know how to sing in this musical called Les Miserables. (laughs) Um, They cast Hugh Jackman in the leading role of Jean Valjean. And Hugh Jackman actually is a trained Broadway singer. He has been on Broadway before. So that wasn't a terrible singing. Not what I not the vocal range I imagine for Jean Valjean. I usually imagine him in a little more of a deeper range, but at least it was a man who can hold a note, right? Um Yeah. But there was definitely a lot of my favorite character in that musical is a fucking minor character, a revolutionary who dies (laughs) at the barricade. Um, and a Broadway actor played him. So I was like, what if I watch the 2012 Les Miserables, but only the five minutes with you in it? So does he wear a disheveled cravat? You know, he it's not. A cravat. <laughs> it's, like, it's a very loosely tied necktie. Um, he is actually the leader of the student revolutionaries. And he's very... Why does he only get five minutes of screen time? That seems important. Because this musical is based on a 1900-page book. Um, (laughs) Victor Hugo was... uh, He was was fucking it up out there. I don't... I can't comment on that. No, no, no. I know, I know. I own own The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Again, Victor Hugo. I have a Victor Hugo quote tattooed on my body. Mm -hmm. But the thought of sitting down (laughs) to read... An entire one of his novels is absolutely horrifying to me. I cannot imagine. I can't. No, I can't. And you know, it's like, um, I'm usually the kind of person who recommends listening, or sorry, reading a book or even listening to a book, but Les Miserables is too long. So much of it is completely fucking irrelevant. Honestly, (laughs) watch the musical, be happy and pretend it's accurate. It literally doesn't matter. Um, I watch the Disney movie of The Hunchback and pretend that's accurate, and I'm pretty happy with that. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's cool that we can sleep at night. But yes, I'm a huge fan of Les Miserables. I think everybody should listen to it, but also be a little careful about where you're getting it because I would hate for people to not enjoy this musical because of the shabby performances. And hey, if you see the leader of the revolutionaries, it'll all come together and you will come one step closer to cracking me open like an egg. Amazing. Um, I also love, um, I love the Phantom of the Opera. This is... yes. Which I know people are like, wow, what a generic musical. It's a difficult musical for those actors to perform, and goddamn, do they do it. Um, That one, I think, if people want to see, there is a recording of a production at the Royal Albert Hall, and that is all professional Broadway, beautifully sung, beautifully put together. Don't watch movies if you can help it, unfortunately. Um, Other than that, I really love Beauty and the Beast. That's such a cute musical. I saw it on stage, and I cried. (laughs) How similar to the movie was it? Oh, it's like very, it, it's it's a Disney musical. It's pretty much like the movie. Um, That's amazing. But I still cried because I was like, this is so beautiful. They love <laughs> each other. It's the Pisces moon. Um, <laughs> and I love Wicked as well. Oh, I actually saw Wicked live. Yeah. Loved it. So incredible. Good. Fabulous. Incredible. Um, I also read the book. Love it. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Incredible. Um highly recommend anything wizard of oz related i will die for yeah um i the last musical i saw live was frozen um which i know is like a very polarizing topic for people 
<laughs> it's a polarizing topic here on this podcast. It is, but I love Frozen. And actually, the effects were insane. The effects I, were insane. I believe you. Yes. But, I believe um, you, and I believe that it was great, but I, I really don't like that movie. I, I know. It's fine. Um, They did the, the, the musical was slightly different but mostly the same um really killer effects i think if you like disney movies you would probably like the musical but if you don't that's chill that's cool go listen to lame yeah. up instead don't be happy then right like, <laughs> um um yeah. wait can we count can we count disney movies as musicals i mean i feel like this is a whole other conversation because like as far as soundtracks go i live and die for like 99 percent of disney soundtracks yes yes same 100 i have every single one downloaded on my phone once in a while we'll be in the car and fucking pink elephants on parade from the <laughs> soundtrack will will just like pop up on shuffle and i will refuse to fast forward it and mike thinks it's the creepiest song ever <laughs> it's <written. so> creepy <laughs> you know Pink elephants, pink elephants on parade. <laughs> um, the first song that I learned how to sing in voice lessons was part of that world from The Little Mermaid. I love that song. I love it too. I'm a. I would like die for every Disney, Disney princess, and that is the truth. Okay, so I sang choir in school. I mm -hmm. sang choir in grade seven. I mm -hmm. had to wear a red cummerbund. And then I had a solo from the Pocahontas soundtrack, mm -hmm. Colors of the Wind. I can tell you definitely, for sure, in hindsight, that my voice was not at all, even remotely, well-suited to this part. <laughs> it's okay. But we, all, but we also sang Under the Sea, mm -hmm. uh, which is Sebastian's song. And again, in hindsight... We really shouldn't have sung that song. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Oh, well. But we did. But we well, did. It's too late. Sorry, everyone. I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. I, didn't. I I love every single princess song. I love I love princess songs because I love the like, I don't know how gutsy these princesses have to be to just say, I want this, but in the form of a really mm -hmm. pretty song. And mm -hmm. also because mm, I want to say most of them are like in my very comfortable singing range, which just like mm -hmm. bumps them up on songs that I like. My favorite song that you sing is the one from um, Sleeping Beauty, Aurora's song. Once oh, Upon, Once a, Dream. Upon a Dream. I do mm -hmm. love that song. Yeah, you, um, you sing it better than fucking Princess Aurora. Okay, no, because Princess Aurora was like a trained singer. Um, so I mean, are you. Sure. I mean, we love Disney soundtracks. The best Disney soundtrack, and I won't. Uh, we won't be taking arguments on this, is The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm sorry. Of course. The fucking instrumentals, like, they go all out. Listen, forget everything else about the here's the thing if we're gonna get into the hunchback of notre dame soundtrack we're gonna be here until goddamn tomorrow so i do want to end this topic quickly but all else aside it is the best soundtrack because all of the songs are the best but especially because the song hellfire oh my god is is just you hear it once and then it just exists inside your soul to come out from the darkness and haunt you 
for the that, rest of your life. That is a villain <laughs> song. That is a villain yes. song. That's the good shit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. 100%. 100%. So I love the villain songs more than I love the princess songs <laughs> because they're because they're so um scrappy. They I are. like scrappy. They are scrappy. It's true. Yeah, I okay. mean it's you know, and that's still music. I know that people think they're above it, but that's still music. And composers and lyricists work really hard on writing those soundtracks. I'm sorry. Hang on. If Alan Menken is not a musician, then fuck off with whoever is. Literally. Thank you. <laughs> Alan Menken is the composer for the Hunchback soundtrack, as well as a bunch of other Disney mm-hmm. soundtracks that I mm-hmm. love and adore. And he yeah. is a genius. It's one of the OGs. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of... Okay. So we've covered classical. We've covered musical theater. We've covered... Uh, soundtracks, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I actually really, really wanted to talk about my current favorite album. Okay. And I was, te- and here's the thing: I was telling Mike that I was going to do a mini episode on my current favorite album, mm-hmm. uh, sung by my current favorite artists. But since, okay, so I told him that we were going to do that, and then you suggested to do a music episode, and it was kismet, like perfect. Mm. That's great, right? That's perfect. So my current favorite album is Three by the Lumineers. Yes, it is your current favorite album. I actually know this. (laughs) That's because I've been raving about it for like six months now. Yes. I can't stop listening to it. I have listened to the album in order beginning to end probably over 300 times. I mean, you you have told me multiple times that you think it's a very cohesive album. It is. And that's one of the reasons it's my favorite album. So I'll go through the list of reasons. Mm-hmm. Reason number one, it is a narrative album. Mm-hmm. So each song is a standalone story with a plot and characters. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, it is about... It covers all of the themes that I love, mental health, addiction, suffering, pain. Um, it basically tells the story of several generations of a family that is struggling and the struggle kind of passes down from one generation to the next. Mm-hmm. Um There is a song entitled Donna, there is a song entitled Gloria, and there is a song entitled Jimmy Sparks, and then there's another one called April. April is the only instrumental on the soundtrack, Mm -hmm. and I skipped it a couple of times because I was like, forget this. I don't want to hear an instrumental. I want to hear lyrics. But then when I stopped skipping it, once I knew the album better... The the location where it is seated, nestled between, hang on, let me pull up this goddamn album so that I can do it some justice here. It's 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 genius. It's mm-hmm. oh, actually, funnily enough, the album is currently open on my phone as the last one that I was listening to. Nice. So. Okay, so here's the order of the songs. The first one is Donna. The second is Life in the City. The third is Gloria. The fourth is It Wasn't Easy to Be Happy for You. Mm -hmm. Then Leader of the Landslide, Left for Denver, My Cell, Jimmy Sparks, April, Salt in the Sea, Democracy, Old Lady, 
and then soundtrack song. The last three are bonus tracks. And I have to say that I don't particularly enjoy democracy. Mm-hmm. And the reason I don't particularly enjoy democracy is because of a single line. And I feel bad for not absolutely loving the song because I take issue with one single line, but that's what it is. And the line is, I am neither left nor right. And that's him talking about politics, Ugh. unfortunately. I my know, man, exactly. That was my... That was my exact reaction, but, yeah. but, but, but credit where credit is due. He didn't mean it in a way that is, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for when, when you don't care about something? It's not dismissive. Yeah. It's not dismissive. All he's saying is for fuck's sake, there are more important things. Why are we fighting? Mm-hmm. And he's not wrong. Yeah. Now, the genius of the way the album is put together aside, mm-hmm. the singer, I don't know his name, I'm afraid. I don't actually know the names of most of the artists I love, but mm-hmm. let me check in the bottom of the lyrics for you. It's, okay, Jeremiah Freights and Wesley Schultz mm-hmm. are the uh, two of the band members who co-wrote all of these songs together. Mm-hmm. The lead singer's vocal range is... Absolutely incredible. He gives me full body goosebumps. Nice. I'm talking, I'm talking top of the head, back of the neck, full arms, full legs, like just porcupine prickly goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because every word he sings, I fucking believe him. Mm. I like I fucking believe him. That I When he's singing, I know that he is seeing the inspiration for those songs right before him. He is feeling the exact same pain that propelled him into artistry every time he sings. Mm, And it, like, literally, I'm talking about it right now and I have goosebumps. He is incredible. Um, I'm sure everyone knows the song Gloria because it's on the radio all the time. Mm -hmm. But that's not by... It's not even near the best song on the soundtrack yeah. or the album. Like, go listen to the album. It's genius. <laughs> I'm seeing them live on March 3rd. <gasps> I am so, so, so excited. Oh, my God. Do you have good seats? Uh, uh, I mean, good enough. <laughs> I mean, it's a concert. You don't have to be, like, on their laps. I mean, when I went to see the Green Day concert, which... Shushu, I'm sure you remember this, was my favorite band from grade eight until like last year. (laughs) And when I saw them live, (laughs) I had like garbage seats. I was up in the nosebleeds. It's what I can afford. I take what I can, right? Mm -hmm. And it's up in the nosebleeds. And I'm sitting next to a couple of people who had like Green Day patches all over them. And I'm wearing like a Green Day shirt that I bought in the lobby of the concert (laughs) with like leather shorts and fishnets. And they're probably looking at me like, who the fuck is this little poser? Yeah. (laughs) And then as soon as Green Day comes on stage, I fucking crumble to my knees just bawling my eyes out. (laughs) (laughs) Wow just crumble and mike is standing there mike is like i don't know her <laughs> no this poor guy honestly the amount of times i cry in public for no reason that's and true. he just had to like 
kind of pat my head like they're there, but also very concerned. <laughs> like they're there? Are you okay? You've cried in public with me, so I understand. I I cried when I saw the statue of David. Mm-hmm. Well, I cried. I cried when we drove up the mountains in the Amalfi Coast. Mm-hmm. I cried at Green Day. Mm-hmm. I cry at almost every movie, even if it has a happy ending, especially if it has a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. You saw me ball at Coco, and Nude. the Coco soundtrack, by the way. Oh, amazing! Yes, also amazing. Nude cried when she saw Snow White at Disneyland, and then the cast member came up to me and was like, is she okay? I was like, she's fine. And then he like left again and came back with tissues. I was like, thank you. <laughs> There's, there are photographs yeah. of the cast member handing you the dish. Because he's just like, is she going to be okay? And I was like, it's fine. She's always like this, dude. It's just give her a moment. <laughs> Okay, and here's the thing. I was very, very surprised that it was Snow White who did that to me because I didn't realize what a deep connection that I have to her. I thought that she was like the most boring princess because, frankly, she's the most boring princess. Well, she is, yeah. But she triggered like... (laughs) She triggered a flood of childhood nostalgia in you. Yes, exactly. She was so sweet, though. Like, she was amazing. She was fantastic. She was she was so cute and sweet. It's just very snow. We loved her. And and I was like, oh, like I've been I've been waiting so long to come here because I have. I've been yeah. wanting to go to Disneyland literally my entire life. And then I went with you and it was like the perfect experience. And so I say to her as I'm crying, I'm like, I'm so sorry I'm crying. I've just waited so long to be here. And she like clasps my hands between her tiny little hands and with her giant brown eyes just earnestly looks into mine and says we've been waiting for you and then I lost it yeah that was around the time the cast member kind of sidled up to me and he's like is she dying and I was like it's actually like I got goosebumps when she said that to you because I was like oh my god we love princesses here (laughs) this is a princess friendly zone amazing amazing so good so yeah nude does cry quite a lot i believe 100 percent that you <laughs> cried at green day i believe that you will cry when you see the lumineers i am certain of it yeah um, hey lumineers i don't know you guys's names because it doesn't matter what i'm in for is the music if you guys want to like give me a backstage pass <laughs> so that i can just like thank you for the genius you put out into the world like come at me please Lumineers, if you want Nude to know your names, please invite her backstage. <laughs> you want to hear a music story of mine? Like, not a, yes. not a like, okay, to be honest with you, the only time that I have ever cried have been at musicals. And that's okay mm-hmm. because that's, I'm a musical girl. Once, mm-hmm. um, I actually live quite close to a historic theater here in Los Angeles. I'm not going to say which one because it's a little too close, but um, I live very close to a historic theater. And there tends to be traffic um, around it, especially when there are like big names playing there. Actually, nude, Randy Rainbow was there yesterday. <gasps> yeah. Stop. Yeah. You didn't go see him? No, he's a king. I saw it actually because it had like a sold out sign, and my dad was like, "Who is Randy Rainbow?" Um, and I was like, "I was like, oh no, Nude would have loved to see that." So, um, you, we do get like decently big names at this theater. It's a very, uh, it's a historic site here in Los Angeles, and 
uh, once I was stuck in traffic, I used to work at Cedar sinai Hospital where all the celebrities go. Um, yeah. And on my way back, I remember getting stuck in traffic and I was just like a block away from my house and I was dying. I was stuck in traffic for 40 minutes and I, and I pull up near the theater because like the traffic is crawling and I'm like, who the fuck is playing? <laughs> right? Was it Hozier? Yes. The, yes! you know the story. You know the story. I look. Yes, I do. I fucking look up and I'm like, "Who the fuck is this person?" So I send a picture to my sister group chat, and they're like, "Girl, you don't know him." And I'm like, "Well, know him now because he owes me twenty seven dollars in gas money." So if you're listening. Please Venmo me the $27 that you owe me in gas money because I was stuck literally almost outside of my apartment for 40 minutes. <laughs> so that's my news. That's how I feel about current music. <laughs> okay. So unfortunately, I only know one Hozier song, but he is on the list of artists who I want to get like deeper into. But here's the thing with me and music. I like to carve time out of my week mm -hmm. to literally do nothing but consume music the same way that I did back in grade freaking six. Mm -hmm. And I have a cute music story about that. But Ooh. before I get into it, what I used to do is I used to buy CDs and then I would listen to the entire CD beginning to end with the lyrics sheet in front of me. And then I would journal about what I had heard Aww. and what I would probably do. And I'm not even kidding. I would listen to the album on repeat with the lyrics until it was like second nature to me, which is why I still know by heart so many old like Blink-182 songs, mm. Green Day songs, um, I mean, I, f I feel like those were my top two bands. Good Charlotte and Simple Plan were really big for me back then. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of outgrew them. And like they taught me what genres I was into yeah. and were a great gateway into the kind of music that I, I love. Um, Lifesavers, honestly, they made me feel like it was normal to be angry and lonely and yeah. scared. And I loved their hair and I loved their tattoos. And when I, I have six... Six? Do I have six or seven tattoos? Let's call uh, it six. Let's call it six. <laughs> uh, so I have six tattoos, and I started planning my tattoos when I was, again, nine years old. I did a lot of life planning at <laughs> nine years old. <laughs> she had a lot of time. I did. Um, but at the time, I wanted a snake wrapped around the skull because I'm pretty sure that I saw that on, like, some band member's arm. Mm. I do not have that tattoo. No. I likely will never have that tattoo because now I like birds and flowers and shit on me. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, okay, so I'll carve time out and, like, listen to an entire album, uh, and that's how I like to consume music. So Hozier has been on my list of artists to do that with, and I haven't done it yet. But yeah, he's great. That one song, Take Me to Church, was an absolute banger. And if the rest of his music is like that, then he's going to quickly rise to the top of the list. Two things. He's on my list mm. of, of artists to fight. And one. <laughs> and two, do you know that he's like in our age group? Isn't that fucking insane? I feel like most famous people are in our age group. And frankly, it upsets me. But <laughs> we're very upset and distressed by this. But I know he can afford the $27 he owes me. Hozier, 
please give Shireen her $27. She's really salty about it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nude. Would you be happy sitting for 40 minutes in your car right outside your apartment? Could you hear the music? No. Then, no, absolutely not. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for validating this experience of mine. Yes, it was absolutely brutal. I hate that you were stuck right outside your apartment for 40 minutes. I actually know exactly what you're talking about. And we sat together in traffic for part of that. And I was like, why the fuck are we still in your car right now? Yeah, when we pulled up to that theater, I was like, hey, nude. You want to hear a story about a time I, like, basically fucking had to live in front of this theater and, like, burnt a bunch of gas? Anyway, moving on. Okay. So, what, you like Florence and the Machine, but you also like older music that we might all recognize. Yes, I do. I like older music. I like Queen a lot. Uh, Yes. I I, I love Freddie Mercury. I think he was a really cool dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, That tends to be it for me is there something i'm forgetting that i like um you like queen do you like i'm gonna go through my apple stuff go to my library go to songs do you like vampire weekend i have never heard a single song well no i have because you told me to listen to a song yesterday and i did was it good did you enjoy it yeah it was good i was like i have never heard these people before They're amazing. They also sing A-Punk, which is their most recognizable song. And there's like a running joke that every time people get in their car, they hear A-Punk to the Mm -hmm. point that they hate it, (laughs) which is funny. Um, It's actually the first song on my list, too. And it is the first thing that plays when I get in the car. So Um, I was invited by my friends to a Vampire Weekend concert. And they texted me being like, we have an extra ticket. You should come. And I was like, I'm in lab, and it was one of my late nights, so I couldn't go. That's a shame. That's a huge shame. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yes, Vampire Weekend put out a new album this, no, sorry, in 2019, actually. And Harmony Hall is my absolute favorite song on that album. And I will tell you the lyric that makes it my favorite song. Mm -hmm. It says, I'm actually going to read it to you because although I have it memorized, I feel self-conscious. Oh, no, 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 I can't play it. (laughs) copyright it's okay copyright no okay so it says can i sing it sure and the stone walls of harmony hall bear witness anybody with a worried mind can never forgive the sight of wicked snakes inside a place you thought was dignified i don't want to live like this but I don't want to die. Okay, I got the last two wrong. But those lines, anybody with a worried mind can never forgive the sight of wicked snakes inside a place you thought was dignified. Yeah. Okay. So what that means to me yes. is, is so it's, it feels timely to me because of the teacher strikes that are happening in mm-hmm. Ontario right now. And I have a worried mind. And I can never <laughs> forgive the sight yeah. of the wicked snakes that are Doug Ford and Stephen Lecce. Mm-hmm. Wicked snakes that they are. Yes. Inside the education system, a place that I thought was dignified. Oh, yeah. So I've been playing the song on repeat. Poor Mike, honestly, I play songs on repeat. I play films on repeat. Like when I enjoy something, I will repeat it because I want to like 
really dive into it and understand it as much as I can. Yeah, dude, I'm the same. 100% I'm the same. Yes, yes. So Mike has heard Harmony Hall 100 times in the past three days. That's amazing. Uh, And uh, God bless his patience. But for all we know, he's really into Harmony Hall by Vampire Weekend. Honestly, last night it was playing again while I was getting ready for bed. And Mike was like, you know what, baby? And I'm like, yes. He's like, this is a good song. And I'm like, yes! And you were like, I cracked him. I cracked him like the nut that he is. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, it okay, strikes so- me. It strikes me how what, what I love about music and you and I do the same thing is that sometimes there are very small throwaway lyrics that you yes. can never forget. I do this in books. And right. I do this with music. I really love mm-hmm. that we do that. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, so I'm going to keep scrolling through my library of songs and I'll call out um, band names or artists or songs that I think are worth mentioning and recommending. Does that mm-hmm. seem good? That seems good. Fantastic. Um, listen to Vampire Weekend. Blink-182 saved my life on numerous occasions. Mm-hmm. 21 Pilots gets a really bad rap. They're great. I love them. <laughs> Billy Talent is Canadian and will rock your goddamn socks off. If you want to be angry and rage in your car, you want to listen to Billy Talent. It's not scary loud, but it's loud enough that you will feel like you have the power to be scary. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. All right. Weezer. Love Weezer, Island in the Sun, and Pork and Beans are my favorite songs by them. Billy Joel. How do you feel about Billy Joel? I honestly could not even tell you what he sings, (laughs) to be honest. Uh, Piano Man? Uh, I don't know, dude. I literally don't retain. I don't interact with music like this the way you do. That's totally fine. It's I, I feel like you might know the chorus lyrics, which I will now say. Sing us a song, you're the piano man. Sing us oh, a yeah, song yeah, yeah. tonight. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that's him. My favorite song of his is Ain't No Crime. And it's funny because he's singing about coming home late and drunk and being like, I love you to his partner who he presumably lives with, mm-hmm. but it ain't no crime to, you know, go out and have a good time at night and have mm-hmm. fun and Every time I sing this, Mike just like shakes his head at me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cage the Elephant is fabulous. Alan Menken is right here with Aladdin's World, of course. Of course. The Fray. The Fray are a fabulous. Yeah. Right? Are they still alive? No. I have no idea. The last album I have is the one that I listened to in high school. And my favorite song on that album is 100. Yeah. Uh, Frank Sinatra? Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Billie Eilish. (laughs) I'm obsessed with Billie. I love her. I think she's fantastic. I like her as an artist. I like her as a person. I like her as a public figure. Mm -hmm. And above all of that, I like her music. That's awesome. Love her. Green Day, obviously, everything by Green Day, especially the album Dookie. That was their best. It was back in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm. Mm. Who else is on here? Um, The song American Pie is Mm. one of my all-time favorites. 
Yeah. I have a few Nicki Minaj songs that I really enjoy, but not everything. Uh, a couple of Nickelback songs, but not everything. I still have a few good Charlotte songs. Pink Floyd, obviously, everything oh, yeah. by them. Queen, everything by everything them. Everything by them. The Lumineers, everything by them. Why am I going by songs and not by artists? I feel like that's not the smartest thing for me to do. I'm going to go by artists. <laughs> How do you feel about Lizzo? I like Lizzo. Okay, so I don't love every single song. No, but I like the... I like I, which one do you like? Which one? <laughs> okay, so I like a few of them. Yeah. I like... I'm going to go from like least favorite to most favorite of my top three. Mm-hmm. Juice. Mm-hmm. Good as hell. Mm-hmm. Truth hurts. Honestly, all all bangers. What can I say? Right. I think right? What, I, what I love most about Lizzo, in addition, she's incredibly talented, but her message is just on point for for where we are in in humanity. I I love who she is in the world yes. at this time. As same. Mm-hmm. I think her presence is very much needed. Her voice is needed. Her story is needed. I think she's killing it. I agree. She's amazing. I completely agree. ABBA? How do you feel about ABBA? Oh, my God. I love ABBA. I do love ABBA. I love ABBA. So good. Um, Wait, what's the other one? Oh, my God. Not ABBA, but the ones who sing uh, Rasputin. They're everyone's dad's favorite. Oh, my God. I Yoni don't... M. Yes. <laughs> yes. We had a Boney M gold CD. Um, when I was a little kid and my dad would just play it all the time and like go around the house, like dancing towards my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, there was always music playing in my house. My dad plays music a lot. My mom plays music a lot. Well, they don't actually play music, but they have music playing on something. Uh, Mike and I recently purchased a record player and we started collecting records from Mm -hmm. the thrift stores around. Dude, I I mean, I have so much music on my phone that it's going to be hard to to kind of make any I can like do a mini episode where I literally just recommend my top like 40 artists who are my favorite. Is that a good mini episode idea? I think that is a good mini episode idea. I can uh I want to recommend some Florence and the Machine songs if you don't mind. Please. Um, Go for it. To my to our listeners who haven't listen to Florence and the Machine. One, I'm sorry. Two, I'm about to change your life. Um, Florence is amazing. And I really just like the abstract way in which she talks about emotions because somehow a singer telling me that they're sad doesn't hit as hard as as Florence telling me that she's like a tree or something. I don't know what it is about me. (laughs) I get it. Where I I just respond completely differently. Some of my favorite Florence and the Machine songs are Queen of Peace. Um, Dog Days Are Over is like a big classic of hers. I think everybody has yep. heard that song, but it's also an amazing song. Um, I love Third Eye. That's a great song from her new album, and her album was called High as Hope. Most of those songs are just sheer perfection. Big God, Patricia. One of my favorite ones is No Choir, which is the last song on that album. And also it's because it has some lyrics like that Vampire Weekend song where I was like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
that Vampire Weekend song, as soon as we get, like, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to be listening to it again. Pretty much. Just like, as you were saying it, I was like, that reminds me of how No Choir by Florence and the Machine makes me feel because the opening lines kind of, I don't know, some some things just like connect with you. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, Florence... Here's some lyrics that I want to share. Also from her new album, High of Highest Hope, there is a song called The End of Love. And that one also has lyrics. Um, and I guess I will also sing them because I feel weird. <laughs> Please. I, I feel weird speaking lyrics. They're always so awkward. Yes, they are. <laughs> okay. This opening of the song I love so much, and it'll probably hit you too. Have you heard this song, New to the End of Love? No, I haven't. Okay, listen. Or I don't think I have. I might have heard it on the radio. Please. Yeah. I feel nervous in a way that can't be named. I dreamt last night of a sign that read the end of love. And I remember thinking, even in my dreaming, it was a good line for a song. And that is just like so hard. Yeah. And heavy. Yeah. Um, then following on No Choir, it starts, and it's hard to write about being happy, because all that I get, I find that happiness is an extremely uneventful subject. And there will be no grand choirs to sing, no chorus could come in about two people sitting doing nothing. Ooh. And I was just like, God Damn it, Florence. Ooh. Damn, I have goosebumps. I'm downloading that right now. I'm sorry. Can you yeah, tell me again what that's called? Um, so one of the first one was called The End of Love, and the second one was Do called No Choir. Do I have no to listen Choir. to this entire album beginning to end? Um, yes, because High as Hope is a fucking amazing album. Okay, so I'm just downloading the album then. Also, listeners, sorry that you had to hear that. I cannot sing normal music. <laughs> Dude... They had to hear me sing. They've struggled enough. They've suffered. They're okay. They're fine. <laughs> They're fine. Um, okay, so I just downloaded the album. She looks bomb AF in the cover or on the cover. Right? Oh, she's just, she's mm. amazing. She's a queen. Like, if you're not into Florence and the Machine, it's just because you have not heard the right Florence and the Machine song. So the blurb um, in the artist description, the last line of the blurb about her says, no one, we're reminded, chronicles sadness quite so exquisitely or explosively. Yes, that is the thing about Florence. She is very good at chronicling sadness, but sometimes she's also good at shaking you out of it because I remember the first time I heard her song, Third Eye, and one of her lyrics is, you don't have to be a ghost here amongst the living. You are flesh and blood and you deserve to be loved and you deserve what you are given. I was oh, like, fuck what yeah. the fuck? Yes. But Fuck I, yes. But I did spend a lot of my time living as a ghost. So when I heard her sing that, I was like, you're right, Florence. What the hell? You deserve to what be loved. What a queen. She's a queen, dude. She's she's a life-changing she's a queen. queen. Okay, so I'm going to be listening to Harmony Hall and then that album as soon as we're done with this episode. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic album. I can't recommend it enough. I think everything that Florence has done has really... And Highest Hope... Um, I think is the first album that she wrote while fully sober. Um, and she's wow. Yeah. And so she's a lot more direct about what she is singing about. Um, Holy shit. That's a big deal. 
Yeah, and I think that's it's a big deal. And she went through a very long recovery, and she's healthy and vibrant and amazing right now. And she's just she's a queen, right? Honest to God. Honest to God. Okay, how do you feel? How do you feel about the Beatles? Eh, honestly, I'm meh about really? them. Really? I would not turn off a Beatles song, but I wouldn't seek it out. I mean, I guess that's fair enough. I I love. I love the Beatles. My absolute favorite Beatles song is Maxwell's Silver Hammer. Hmm. It's about a murderer. <laughs> it's okay. Newt's like, I love Sweeney Todd and other songs about knives. My favorite podcasts are also true crime podcasts. Please it's do not true. be concerned. I am obsessed with true crime because I am terrified that I will be kidnapped and murdered. Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, Newt... Um, Sweeney Todd reminded me of this. Are there any lyrics in musicals that just like knocked the wind out of you? Yes. Um, one very, very, very specific line knocks the wind out of me every time. Who is the monster and who is the man? Yeah, what the fuck? Fuck that line from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> who is the monster and who is the man? That's that's a really heavy one. Actually, a lot it of is. Hunchback is very heavy, I want to say. Why on were line. we allowed to watch that as small children? Um, I don't know, because if it was available in the Middle East, how bad could it be? I mean, I guess. Right? <laughs> okay, so Blink-182, duh. Um, their latest album is... It's nothing special, but yeah. I love them, so I want to support them. But again, not very special. Um, Bloodhound Gang is a band that I find absolutely hilarious. Uh, I think their songs are supposed to be parody. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I consume them as parody. I love them. Um, Bob Marley, obviously. Classic. Um, a couple of Michael Jackson songs, a few Bright Eyes songs. Actually, the song First Day of My Life by Bright Eyes is the song I walked down the aisle to at mm. Mike and I's wedding. Mm. Yeah, you, you remember did. it? I do remember. Mm. Um, Bruce Springsteen, Brian Adams, Cage the Elephant I've already mentioned. Um, dude, I like music. I really you do. I love you do music. really like music. I, for as long as I've known you, you've been very in tune with the music that you listen to. It's true. I'm yeah. very, very deeply into it. Like I will fangirl harder over a single lyric in a single song than I will fangirl over anything else in the world. I mean, that's good. I love the simplicity of heavy hitting lyrics, especially. I especially love when like one lyric kills you, right? Because like. Any music that I love, every musical that I listen to, there's always like one lyric where I'm like, oh my God, it's it's coming up. I'm going to die. It's coming up. Okay. So what's the lyric that stands out to you? Um, I guess. So obviously a lot of Florence's lyrics, the ones that I point out because they just fuck me up every time for obvious reasons. Um, of course. From, let's see. From Hunchback, from, the same, from Hunchback, the same one as yours, for sure. Uh, that one's like a really tough one mm-hmm. to kind of chew on. And when you're a kid, it kind, you, kind of makes you think. I like things that make kids think. Um, yes, me too. From, from Les Miserables, there is a line. There, I have like 
50 lines in Les Miserables where I'm like, God damn it, it's coming up. But my favorite one is from Valjean's, uh, Valjean's soliloquy. And he said, his lyric is, he told me that I have a soul. And then very brokenly, how does he know? And Oof. the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, like, that's awful. And it really depends on the delivery of the person playing Jean Valjean. But usually it's a very broken delivery. And I like live and die for that. Um, also from Les Miserables from the song Red and Black, which is my favorite song in the musical. Um the character of Marius says, had you been there tonight, you might know how it feels to be struck to the bone in a moment of breathless delight. And as a, romance, and as a romance novelist, I was like, can I make a fucking note of that? Because that is a line. Like, I don't even like yes. Marius. I don't even like Marius, but I was like, you get one point for inspiring me <laughs> a little bit with that line. <laughs> right? Um, I love it. From Beauty and I the Beast, it. from Beauty and the Beast, there's one actually, which is interesting, but because there are added songs in the musical, um, at the end when the beast is dying, Belle says, don't you know how you've changed me? And that fucks me up because the beast is Oof. not supposed to have changed Belle. <laughs> Oof. Right? Oof. Uh, no, from, from Beauty and the Beast, I think the line that, that uh, kills me every time is, oh crap, I just had it and I forgot it. Oh, yes. Yes. There must be more than this provincial life. Because, like, who doesn't feel that? Who doesn't think to themselves, this mediocrity can't be it? It's it, And it's so, it's so perfect, especially with the animation where she just kind of heavily just slumps down on the edge of the fountain as she sings this. Mm -hmm. And it just, it just, it comes together so perfectly every time and every time i hear that line i'm just <sighs> empathetic i'm there with her well that's the thing like like i think maybe as like for any like bookworm child that was probably one of the first times that lyrics actually spoke to you as a little mm -hmm. girl because you're like i get it this can't be it this cannot be it for me like i am not made for mediocrity neither is bell and but she's also different in the way we were different. So we kind of understand why she feels that, like, there has to be more. Do you think we think we're not made for mediocrity because all of the content we consumed was about the fantastic? Because as Florence and the machine so intelligently put it, you can't write about happiness. It's boring. Yeah. I mean, I don't doubt that the reason that I have spent my entire life believing deeply that mediocrity is not for me is because I spent such a, I spent so many years just reading and the mm -hmm. things that happen in books are even if they're rooted in reality, they're fantastic. And, yep. and I, but my original point was we don't believe in mediocrity for us is because yes. we were exposed to fantastic music that told stories to books yes. and musicals yeah. and all sorts of content. And when that is your entire life and that is what builds you from the ground up, of mm -hmm. course, of course, you sit down and you're like, well, this certainly can't be it for me. That doesn't make sense. That's right. Right. That is absolutely. And that is why that one line from Beauty and the Beast is such a banger. <laughs> Literally, because it kind of makes you it, you know, Belle felt the same way. Like, I am not destined yeah. for mediocrity stuck in this fucking town. I'm not going to marry Gaston. OK, I'm just saying. No, Nude, don't do it. Gaston is 
a swole bay. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have a mini. I'll take Gaston. Mm, we'll have a micro episode about this, actually. Ah! Oh, my God. Yes. Wait, should we just record that once we're done recording this? Yes, we can absolutely <laughs> record that. I love Gaston. I know you do. Um, no one fights like Gaston. Takes sheep shots like Gaston. Okay, let's keep going though. But yeah, music has been very influential to us in different ways, I think. And yeah. I think that it's um I like I like that it can do that. You know, I like the power that it holds for people. I like that it can really send a message, particularly now in these trying times. It can send a message of like self-love and taking care of yourself. Um not all music is created equal, obviously. I was going to say that. Um, so like I told you, I like to explore new music. And yeah. Mike and I were exploring the top hits of 2019. And we listened to, I want to say, like 35 songs, some in full, some in part, mm -hmm. some we already knew we hated in like the opening lines. Mm -hmm. And I just want to ask, why the fuck is the synth coming back? <laughs> I don't know. It died in the 80s. Let it die in the 80s. We stopped using it because it's a defunct and garbage technology. Stop using a synth in your music. It is not doing you any favors. You sound stupid and outdated. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, I really didn't enjoy much of 2019's releases. <laughs> That's totally fair, dude. Not all music is created equal. And like I said, it obviously triggers each lyric, each beat triggers something very deep inside all of us, something very unique and different. And like, that's fine, right? I agree. Yeah. Um, to round it out. Yes. Um, I must be myself and give a disclaimer. For all intents and purposes, as far as music goes and as far as we can relate to music, I feel like we do very well with white people music. Yes. There is, of course, a lot of cultural importance to music, which is why rap, hip-hop, and R&B are such incredibly important genres. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do highly recommend that you go outside of your comfort zone. So like I said, I like rock. I like indie rock. I like folk rock. I like punk rock. I like rock. But I will make an effort once in a while to seek out rap music because I feel like that is one good way, not the best way, definitely not the only way, but one good way to explore the concerns of the Black community in North America. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Right. So I do recommend consuming content from a diverse range of genres and a diverse range of um, artists and creators. It gives you a good broad understanding of uh, human experience in the same way that I would recommend that you read books written by a diverse range of authors. Of course. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's it's a different way of telling a story. Right. Um, I also feel like rap specifically is very, very quickly discounted um, mm -hmm. because it is considered by the uneducated in rap to be harmful and violent. Uh, yeah. Check your fucking privilege if that's what you want to say about rap, is all I'm going to say. Mm, yeah. Right? Just check your fucking privilege. Yeah, no, fully agree. And to close this out, Shireen, do you listen to any Arabic music? No. 
No. I actually don't like Arabic music. I love it at weddings and then nowhere else. I don't okay. hear it anywhere else. Actually, I'll take it at a wedding, but I don't I would not listen to it on my own. I'm sorry. I I don't I don't get it. I also well, okay, here's the thing, nude. Like my Arabic is not the strongest and I speak my own dialect pretty well, but for the most part, I don't even understand what they're saying. So it's really difficult for me. Yeah. And it's funny because I sometimes like ask my mom to listen to songs in English and she'll be like, oh, I like the bees. I like this, but I have no idea what they're saying. Mm. And I'll always be like, but mom, they are speaking so clearly. And she's like, no, like the music is interrupting. And when I try to listen to Arabic music, I get exactly what she's saying because Mm. my mom is a fluent English speaker and I'm a fluent Arabic speaker. But when you're not as comfortable with the language, having it disrupted by music and beats and editing and all of that makes it yeah. hard to, to to hear each word and understand what's being said. I have the same problem. Yeah, fully agree. Do you remember, though, one specific song that was played at every single party that was ever hosted or thrown while we were in high school? No. It goes like this. Chic, shak. Is this Nancy Ajram? Shik shak shak, shik shak shak. I don't know. <laughs> is who 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 is it by? I'm not sure. Let me check. It's just I can't ever forget it. And once in a while, it'll just pop into my head. And I do love dancing to that one. I have it, it, it here. It, it who is it? Hassan Abu El Saud from 2007. Okay, nude, but, but I feel like I'm ninety percent, ninety percent that we were listening, ninety percent sure that we were listening to the Nancy Ajram one. Probably, mm-hmm. um, or another girl. Okay, the so number there. of arguments I have had with multiple Arab women about whether or not Nancy Ajram has had work done. She's had work done. We all if know. I, this. If I had a penny for every time, no, but she, but she has publicly said that she has had work done. A lot of older Arab women are just like, no, she's just like that. And I'm just like, we don't um, look like that. <laughs> nobody looks like that. Exactly. But Arab women specifically, we don't look like that. Uh, me and my Nancy Ajram argument. Nancy Ajram also sang it, so I don't know. Maybe, because it was covered a thousand times, but yeah, I'm, I'm like- sure it was the Haifa Wahibi version. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do see that. I do see that Haifa Wahibi also did it. Interesting. Very interesting. Anyway, no, I do not care for Arabic music, unfortunately. I know that doesn't make me a very good Arab, but it is what it is. Well, as we will discuss at our conference that we're going to be speaking at, um, there is no such thing as a bad Arab. 100%. I fully agree with that because I helped write the talk. So, Actually, no, I take it back. There is such a thing as a bad Arab, and a bad Arab is a person who happens to be bad and also happens to be Arab. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that people really get hung up on the fact that they're Arab and not the fact that they're just shit. (laughs) Why is that? Every white guy with a gun gets to be a mentally ill loner, but every brown guy has to be a terrorist. I just, Mm. I can't. Could it maybe be racism? <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> in, in the modern world, it's more likely than you think. Anyway, why don't I take us out? Please. Oh, wait, should I? Yes, I can take yes. us out. 
Go for it. (laughs) This has been yet another episode of Don't Tell Baba. We hope you enjoyed it and hope you'll stick around for more. Our music is by Amwar on Fiverr. His username is ch6k0r. Post-production is done by Newt's husband, Mike. So thank you, Amwar and Mike. Thanks, guys. For more shenanigans, find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Baba Pod. If you want to drop us a line, call us at 530-32-HADOM. That's 530-32-42726. We will see you next week. And remember, don't tell Baba. Don't tell him. Just don't. I did. I feel bad. I know you did. <laughs> it's okay. Love you, Shu. Love you, Nude. Love you all. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.